I am so happy that you are here, and I believe that God's Word will edify you, strengthen you, build you up on the inside to be the person that God intends you to be, a believer that is conformed into the mature image of Christ. Praise God. Now today, we're going to talk a little bit about the upcoming election, which is only about a week away. And I want to share a few scriptures for why I vote the way I do. And I would like to share these scriptures also to give insight into your decision of how you should vote. Praise the Lord. Now let's open up today in prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we go into your word, that as your word enters into our heart, it would bring light, illumination, understanding, and a clear path in front of us. Now, Father, we give you praise. We thank you for your word. It's anointed, and it affects our minds. Our minds can be anointed, and we make the right decisions. Father, we bless you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all agree and say amen. Praise the Lord. Let's start off with this verse from Proverbs chapter 14, and this would be verse 34. I'll never forget the day I was walking across campus. I had gone to a, a Christian college for several years, but then I transferred to a state college, and the state college was very secular, and uh, although there were Christian groups, it was pretty much a party campus. But I remember walking into one of the large buildings there, and written, well, actually not written, engraved in stone uh, were these words from Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34. And honestly, I've never seen this uh, engraved on a Christian campus anywhere, but here it was upon a secular university, and that just shows us, it gives insight into the different way of thinking that our nation had a hundred years ago, even 80 years ago, how morals and uh, Christian virtues were upheld and they were esteemed. Verse 34, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Wow, praise the Lord. You know, you think about all of the countries that are in the world today, over 200, uh, well over 200 of them, but there's not one that waves a flag and says, we're so proud of our sin. We love doing awful, evil things. We love it. No, there's no nation that does that because sin is a reproach to any people, and righteousness lifts up a nation. The lifting up of a nation is not luck or chance or, you know, the, you know, the stars colliding at the right moment. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with good leaders making good decisions. And you can make bad decisions and you can ruin something good, or you can make good decisions and turn something that's not good into something that's amazing. You know, I think about South Korea, how South Korea uh, just, you know, uh, right after the conclusion of World War II, they were a completely impoverished nation. And they were predominantly a Buddhist nation, a nation that worshiped idols. But once the gospel began to go into South Korea and took foothold and began to get traction and the word was preached and uh, eventually uh, evangelism began to really explode and take off, look 
at what that did to the heart of that country. That country today is a modern nation with uh, every first world amenity you could think of and much more, and it did it so quick. That's what's amazing. Righteousness exalts a nation. So when a nation begins to implement what we would call Judeo-Christian values, those are principles that produce. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's not about luck or chance. It's about working principles that are proven over thousands of years that were given by God, and they were given to Moses, and they were implemented to the people of God. And when you work those principles, you start going up. And when you get into sin, you'll start going down as a nation. Praise the Lord. So we need to go always towards righteousness. We need to go for a leader and a party that moves towards righteousness. And we need to go away from a leader of a party that would take the nation further into sin. Now, in Psalm 1, we see something very similar. Psalm 1, verse 1, blessed, that means empowered to be prospered, empowered to do what God has called you to do, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. And there is a lot of counsel of the ungodly floating all over the place through secular television and those that espouse their own ideologies and their own ideas. But it says here, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. So there's something about the path of sinners, where they don't know where they're going. They're confused, and they're going the wrong direction. They don't know that, but that's where they're going. And so the righteous man does not go down that path, does not entertain uh, those types of thoughts that are presented by those types of people, and that man is blessed. Praise God. Now, Psalm 11. Psalm 11, verse 3, is where we are at right now as a nation. Psalm 11, the third verse, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? This election, which is coming up in about a week, is very, very important. Now, I've already voted. My wife has voted. Uh, our team here ha have voted. And uh, just so that you know, everybody here on the team, we're all in unison. We all have the same heart. And the divide between parties in America has become so vast and so uh, far spread now that they're literally, uh, one is on the right and the other is on the extreme left. So it says, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? We're at a place that if the wrong man gets in the office, the remaining foundations that we have will be eroded so much that the nation will crumble. This is the last call for America. Now, I believe the outcome is going to be good. I believe that God's man is going to get elected. But let me say this, if we choose the wrong person and the wrong man gets in the office, remember, it's not just the man, it's his party. It's his whole platform that he stands for. Uh, if the wrong person gets in with that agenda fully behind that individual, the nation will never, ever recover. Those who do not hold to biblical principles are determined to implement their, their ideologies 
and they're bad. They're real bad. So they're going to be unleashed if the wrong person gets in the office and the nation will not be able to recover. If the foundations are destroyed, and that's what they would do. They would destroy literally the foundations of this nation, which are based upon the word of God and the wrong man and the wrong party has no respect, no honor, no reverence for the word of God. And they actually despise it. They despise Christians. They despise Jews. They despise the Bible and they would destroy the remaining foundations. So this must not happen. Praise God. And I believe it's not going to happen, but we have to do our part and we have to vote in God's choice, God's man. Praise the Lord. Proverbs chapter 29. Let's go back over the Proverbs just for a moment. Proverbs 29. And we're going to drop down to verse 2. Wow, is, is this ever a heavy hitter verse? This is right where we're at also. When the righteous are in authority, not the, not the unrighteous, but when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. Why? It's not just the wicked man ruling. It's not just one man. It's him and his entire court. In other words, if you had an evil king, it's the king and everybody that he's uh, lining up behind him who is following with him and they're implementing as a group these awful things. And my friends, when the righteous are in authority, the people are happy. The people are joyful. They can live their lives. They can have freedom. They can have peace. But when a wicked man rules, oh, it's oppression. The, uh, and people begin to groan. People begin to lose their freedom. People begin to lose their joy. And, uh, and there's no mercy from the wicked. They actually take delight in seeing what we would call the normal people or the regular people suffer. They enjoy seeing that. And when they see it, they actually want to inflict more misery, pain, and suffering upon even their own people that they are governing over. Wow. The, these totalitarian governments, these dictatorships that we're seeing in certain governors that have risen up because of the COVID, that just, you can tell, they delight in total control. And if, if they had more authority, they would even go further. And we really, we have no idea just how bad uh, it could become, and may we never know. But I'll tell you what, I, uh, it wouldn't surprise me. We, we've only seen glimpses of what some of these people can do when they've been given a little bit of authority and how they have abused it terribly and how they've uh, gloated and delighted in controlling people and dominating people and shutting things down. But yet they themselves, they go out and they continue to, uh, you know, get their nails done or get their hair done because they believe they're in a different category and they're exempt. So they basically say, do as I say, but don't do as I do because they're hypocrites and they're very evil, corrupt and wicked people. When a wicked man rules, the people groan. Let me tell you, if you vote for the wrong president, you get the wrong man in, you get a wicked man in, there's going to be groaning in this nation. Unlike this country has, has ever seen before and judgments will come upon this country from God that are so severe. I'm talking about natural disasters. There will come things upon this country that are so severe that the nation will never recover. But I believe the mercy of God will be extended. I believe that 
the, the heart of the American people will respond and will vote for a righteous man, God's man, and not a corrupt leader. And thus the wrong person will not, he will not get in. Praise the Lord. Now, this is fascinating when we look at some of the qualifications of God's man. Uh, if you're still not sure who to vote for, keep listening. Here's, here's a verse that if you're not sure, this verse would really help you a whole lot. Exodus chapter 18, praise the Lord. Exodus chapter 18, and this would be when uh, Jethro was talking with Moses, and uh, of course Jethro noticed that, um, uh, hey, you're going to burn yourself out with all of these people that you're having to judge and give decisions and verdicts on over disagreements or civil disputes and things like that. And Moses' father-in-law said, you know what, you need to take uh, some of the authority and delegate that to others, especially to others who can decide these easy cases, and you tackle the really hard cases, but this other stuff is going to gobble up all your time. Now remember, Moses is governing over several million people, so this is tremendous wisdom, and uh, this is what this is what Jethro recommended in verse 21. Moreover, you shall select from all the people able men. Okay, not, people, not, not men that can't think straight, not men that can't perform, that are wore out or just can't function, or would certainly, you know, not, not men that would have, uh, you know, some type of a, a disability where they're losing their memory or something like that. Moreover, you shall select from all the people able men, such as fear God, Mm -mm. such as fear God, men of truth. Wow. That means they tell the truth, right? And they don't lie. <laughs> the, the dividing line is getting very, very clear. And, and it says, and this is very important. It says, hating covetousness, hating covetousness. Now, several translations say hating dishonest gain. Wow. Now that's something wonderful about President Trump. The fact that he's a multi-billionaire, there's, it, it creates this, this area of his life where he doesn't, he doesn't need a bribe. So if somebody's going to try to bribe him with a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars, yeah, it's, it's like peanuts. You know, he's like, I've got, you know, he's worth uh, 10, $10 billion dollars. So for somebody to say, hey, we'll bribe you. Uh, hey, if you take this $50,000 cash, uh, w let's work a deal. Well, $50,000 cash, that's like somebody, you know, uh, that, you know, has a normal wage. That's like trying to bribe them with $2. I mean, <laughs> it's not going to work. So he, he has billions and billions of dollars that he earned through hard work and, uh, you know, using his mind and uh, putting a lot of hours in every day. And so he's earned his wealth. He's blessed to have that. But my friends, this thing here of hating dishonest gain, not only are the instructions here that Jethro gave to Moses to make sure they hate dishonest gain. Well, first of all, I would say this. If I think about uh, Mr. Biden, I think about somebody who has gotten a lot of money through dishonest gain. 
I think there's no question about that, uh, you know, from uh, Ukraine and from China and from all of these different places and particularly with, uh, you know, the son's laptop and all of the evidence that, hey, this guy's raked in millions of dollars that have come in for the, you know, you know, play, uh, pay to play type schemes that they run in the background and that money gets laundered. Uh, through sort, uh, certain organizations where the money goes to them, but then they, they undercover under the table, pay it out to, you know, Mr. Biden and his family and so forth. But I believe that there is a lot of what we would call dishonest gain. And not only that, uh, it says that Jethro was telling Moses, these must be men who hate dishonest gain. Well, I believe that the Bidens not only have participated in dishonest gain, I believe they love it. I don't think they uh, have a hatred for it all. I, I think they, they not only do it, but I think they love it and have been doing it for years and uh, actually even decades. So what a mess. What a mess. Wow. Men of truth hating dishonest gain place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. Amazing. Well, this thing of dishonest gain is a real issue. Let's go now over to 1 Samuel. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 1. Now, Samuel said to all Israel, now he, he is the leading prophet of the day. He said to all Israel, Indeed, I have heeded your voice and all that you said to me, and have made a king over you. And now here is the king walking before you, and I am old and gray-headed. Okay, so we have two men that are old, that are, uh, one is running for re-election, Mr. Trump, and we also have Mr. Biden, they're both old, and it says here that uh, Samuel, he says he was gray-headed, and he said, look, my sons are with you, I have walked before you from my childhood to this day. Now look at verse 3, here I am, witness against me before the Lord and before his anointed. Whose ox have I taken, or whose donkey have I taken, or whom have I cheated? See, he's saying, if there's anybody out there that can witness against me that I am morally corrupt, then right now, let's get this out in the open. You know, check all of my text messages, check my emails, check whatever you need to check. And if I've done that to anybody or been involved with anybody like that, then come forward right now and we'll bring it all out into the open. He said, whom have I oppressed? Or from whose hand have I received any bribe with which to blind my eyes? Verse 4, and they said, You have not cheated us or oppressed us, nor have you taken anything from any man's hand. Samuel did not use his esteemed position for his own personal profit and gain. And he says here that he did not take any bribe which will, he says, will blind the eyes. Now, let me tell you this from the scripture. If you ever just once take a bribe for any reason or for any amount, your spiritual eyesight is shot and you can no longer from that point on make moral righteous decisions. There is something about receiving bribes, which in essence is that you're selling yourself, you're selling your virtues, you're selling your morals, you're compromising your values for money. And if you do it once, you're going to do it again. And you don't, and if you don't repent, you're going to do it again and you're going to do it again. And you will become completely blind to the point where you can lie. You'll call the truth a lie. You'll call the, uh, a lie the truth. And you become so deceived that you don't know what's going on. 
That's what happens to anyone, anyone that takes a bribe. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let's take a look at this. Exodus chapter 23. Bless the Lord today. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 23, verse 8. And you shall take no bribe, for a bribe blinds the discerning and perverts the words of the righteous. So a bribe, if you ever take a bribe, it blinds you and it perverts you. It perverts your words. Wow. And I believe that Mr. Biden, that there has been proof after proof after proof that there has been self-enrichment through the taking of bribes. And I understand that a lot of international leaders do this. There are, you know, there's a, there's a list by the FBI of the top 20 most corrupt nations in the world. Uh, Israel's in that group. You know, that it's, it, there's money flying everywhere. If you're willing to take the money uh, for a bribe, we, we can work something out. And it's, it's rife in some nations. In some nations, it's, I mean, it's wide out in the open. I, there was one time I was in India, South India, and there was a regional election. And they told me that this person that wins every year has never lost. But this year, they said he's running really behind. I said, well, maybe he'll lose this year. Oh, they said, oh, no, he won't lose. He'll, he'll never lose. He'll, he'll do something again. And he did. He pulled another one. Uh, what he did, he offered literally everybody that would vote for him a free television. Oh, and boy, did they ever come out of the woodwork and people were voting for him and he won again. Well, that's, that's like a form of bribery. Yes, exactly. It sure is. And there are certain nations where that's done. And uh, yeah, actually what this guy did is he gave like the first 150 people a TV and all the others saw that, hey, he really is giving out TV. So then everybody else started voting for him. But when he had enough votes and saw it was going his direction, uh, he cut off the free TVs after about 100 or 150 TVs. <laughs> he didn't even keep his word. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. And you shall take no bribe for a bribe blinds the discerning and perverts the words of the righteous. If you ever take a bribe, you lose all of your discernment. You'll do crazy things. You'll think what you're doing is, uh, is right when it can be awful. And uh, you lose all discernment. And you, you become perverted in your words. Mm -mm. Incredible stuff here in the Bible. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 16. You know, it's fascinating that Mr. Trump is an outsider. He's a businessman. He was never a politician. So he comes to D.C., and you have to understand the thing about D.C. is that the old mindset was that our politicians are our representatives, and they go to D.C. to represent our interest, and they're there to serve us and give voice to what our beliefs are. Well, you know, it doesn't work like that anymore. The, most of the politicians, uh, I would say particularly those on the far left, they're there to serve their own interests. They don't care about the people. Uh, they, they don't care about anybody. They're just there to make a whole bunch of money through these backroom deals where special interest groups set things up for them where uh, they're going to get that money to them somehow. They may have to funnel it through four or five secret agencies, but it'll eventually it's going to get over into an account for them. And that's why you have these career politicians who maybe make $100,000 a year. That's what, they're, that's what they're 
uh, official pay is, but yet they're, they're multimillionaires and they've got a, you know, they've got a net worth of 75 million or $150 million. How, how did they get all that money when it only pays $125,000 a year? How do they have all these millions and millions of dollars? Self-enrichment, self-enrichment. And many, many have engaged in it, but it's illegal and it's wrong. And if you take a bribe, if you do that, no matter how you try to justify it, well, Pastor Stephen, all the others are doing it. Well, yeah, all the others are compromised and they have no moral values. So if you do it, your discernment is shot completely. It's completely gone. Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 19, you shall not pervert justice. You shall not show partiality, nor take a bribe. Now, if you take a bribe, that's what it's going to do. It's going to cause you to pervert justice. You won't know right from wrong. It's all, it all goes into a blur and a haze. And you're also going to end up showing partiality, usually to the perverted. Okay? You shall not pervert justice. You shall not show partiality, nor take a bribe. For a bribe blinds the eyes of the wise and twists the words of the righteous. And if you take a bribe, you can't help it. it you, you've completely compromised yourself on the inside, and all of this yucky stuff is going to uh, start to flow out. Mm, and it does. It, it flows out of these politicians. They lie. They lie all the time. And they know they're lying, and they don't care. Why? They've taken bribes, and they're going to keep on lying. They're going to keep on lying. But my friends, we should be, we should be able to see that. We should be able to see right through it especially when there's evidence and proof that is presented right before our eyes. Let's go back over to the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom. Praise the Lord. We're now going to be in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 23. I'm just sharing a few verses with you today of why I vote the way that I do and why I select one man over the other. Proverbs 17, verse 23, a wicked man accepts a bribe behind the back. Why? Well, it's illegal. You're not supposed to do that. That's why it's going on behind the back. To pervert the ways of justice. Mm, mm, mm. A lot of cheating. A lot of, lot of bribes going on in the Democratic Party. And they know it. They, they know that. There's a lot of um, slush money that goes back and forth. And they don't care. They're happy to take it. They're happy to take it. And you lose all discernment when you do that. You'll pervert every single way of justice. And that has been a lot of the D.C. swamp. And Mr. Trump has come along and he said, I'm not playing that game. I'm not taking any bribe. You can't buy me. And it's not just that he's got a bunch of money. It's because he has a backbone that says, you, you know, he said, I'm not selling out the American people. He actually loves this nation. He actually loves the American people. And he has the old-fashioned values upon which this nation was built on. And he saw those being eroded and he saw those being rejected. And so, you know, he uh, stepped away from all the wealth and the prestige and the comfortable life that he had to step into the fray, into the battle to say, you know what, this is not right. There is so much corruption in DC and there was. And so, you know, he's blessed, praise the Lord. He's not a person who's taken a bribe, but I believe that these democratic officials they take bribes all the time. They, they, now they hide it because they don't want to go to jail, but it's just common knowledge and the proof, the proof is there. And eventually, eventually we are going to see the judgment come to those 
who have done these things. Praise the Lord. Let's go now to the book of Isaiah chapter 1. The prophet Isaiah chapter 1. What I'm going to read to you sounds very familiar uh, to many of our nation's leaders. Isaiah 1 verse 23. Your princes, or we could say our politicians, are rebellious and companions of thieves. Everyone loves bribes. I've never seen a party like the Democratic Party that loves bribes and uh, is bought out by big tech, big pharma, special interest groups that get money into their individual pockets eventually because of, uh, you know, their endorsement or passing laws that will allow these companies to, to do the things that they want to do. And it's all a form of bribery. You are, your princes are rebellious and companions of thieves. Everyone loves bribes. And that was the D.C. culture before Mr. Trump showed up. Everyone loves bribes and follows after rewards. In other words, what will you give me if we make these laws suitable for you? And that's what they do. Mm -mm. They do not defend the fatherless, nor does the cause of the widow come before them. So, you know... Uh, the Democratic Party has always said we're, we're the champion for the poor, for the uh, oppressed. That, that's just hot air. They haven't done anything for the poor at all, ever. The, the poorest are poor. The, the ones that are oppressed are still oppressed. Nothing's changed in 70 years. It's just all talk. Praise God. But Mr. Trump has done more for the down and out than anybody else ever has. Praise God. Praise the Lord than any other president ever has. Now, Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 27. Praise the Lord. Deuteronomy 27. And let's go to verse 25. How about this one? You ready for this one? Cursed is the one who takes a bribe to slay an innocent person. And all the people shall say, Amen. Well, I, I say amen with that. I hope you can agree with God, with the Holy Spirit and the words of the Bible, and say amen as well. Cursed is the one who takes a bribe to slay an innocent person. Now, the slaying of these babies that are in the wombs of their mother through abortion is the, is the slaying of an innocent person. Cursed is the one who takes a bribe. Now, you have to understand the abortion industry, there's a lot of money in the abortion industry. And there's body parts being sold, and there are uh, tissues and blood and all these other things that are being sold. And it's really just a big, sick mess. And it is one of the most awful things that is upon the face of the earth, which is the killing of an innocent, unborn child. You have to understand, they not only want to kill the unborn baby, but they're even working on passing laws. The Democrats are passing laws that even if that baby would survive the abortion and is laying there alive on the surgical table, still they want to pass laws that that baby can still be killed. Even though it's outside of the body and it's laying there, still they want to be able to kill it. And they want to be able to kill it uh, should the baby be born. And then the mother just decide, you know what? I don't want it. It's too much of a responsibility. I don't want to face life of having to, you know, feed, take care and change diapers. Uh, just go ahead and kill it. So they want to pass laws so that that 
is made official. This is satanic. This is outright Baal worship. We see this in the Old Testament also with the worship of Molech, where uh, child sacrifices were offered. I've actually been to the place in Jerusalem where one of the old idols and statues were at, where literally the babies were burned in the fire. They were taken out of their mother's hands, put in the, the brass hands of the idol Molech, and burned alive. It's satanic, it's wicked, it's evil, it's the slaying of innocent blood, and God says that those who do it are cursed. And let me tell you right now, if you vote for a person, a leader that supports that, remember it's not just a leader, it's he and his whole platform. They all believe in it. They all agree with it. You have joined yourself in a covenant of death, a covenant of murder, and the covenant of shedding innocent blood. And that's a filthy thing to be involved in. Mm -mm. Lord Jesus, we give you praise today. What does God's Word say about the unborn? Let's go now to Psalm 139. This is absolutely a beautiful statement. Psalm 139, why don't you join me in verse 13. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. It says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. This is uh, in reference to what God has done. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. Praise the Lord. So the forming of the baby inside of the matrix or the womb of the mother, uh, that baby is alive. That baby is breathing. That, that baby is, is living. And the Lord even told the prophet Jeremiah, I called you before you were born, before you ever came out of your mother's womb. I had already called you and ordained you a prophet to the nations. The destiny is already assigned to the baby before the baby is ever born. Oh, Pastor Stephen, it's just a fetus, as if it's a, like just a blob of, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, like jelly or material or something like that. No, a fetus is just, fetus is a Latin word that meant an unborn baby. <laughs> it didn't mean a blob or, you know, or something that hasn't formed. It meant the unborn baby on the inside of the mother's womb. So, um, my goodness, what a perversion. Uh, it, and all this taking of bribes has blinded the eyes of these politicians to legalize the most heinous, vicious acts of shedding of innocent blood. Mm -mm. My friends, if you have, if you have been voting uh, in a way that supports a platform that support uh, supports abortion, you should you should hit your knees, get on your knees, and say, God, forgive me for having covenanted it with Baal worship, the worship of Molech, and the shedding of the blood of innocent, unborn children. Oh, God, forgive me for being a murderer, and for directly supporting, and for voting for those who empower and legalize the killing of unborn babies. 
My friends, if you love killing babies and you love seeing little babies ripped to pieces and yanked out of their mother's womb, Joe Biden's your man and Kamala Harris is your vice president. If you, if you delight in murdering millions of little precious babies that are sacred, beautiful, and holy in the eyes of God, then Joe Biden is your man. He's your man. Mm. Lord, we praise you today. Now, I think it's interesting that our former president, Ronald Reagan, he said, I've noticed that everybody who is for abortion has already been born. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all these, all, all these crazy women that say, I, I believe in abortion. Well, how come, how come you didn't believe in getting your own self aborted? If you had a voice while you're in your mother's womb, would you have screamed out, abort me, take the knife and kill me right now? No, you wouldn't have done that. The only ones that believe in abortion are the ones that are already born. My goodness. Here's a quote from Mother Teresa, the Catholic saint that did such wonderful work while she was in Calcutta, India. Wow, what a city. One of the filthiest cities I've ever been to in my life. Now, I love the Indian people. Don't read me wrong. I love the Indian people. Been to India multiple times. I've done a lot of ministry from the top of India to the bottom of India, and have been to many different cities in India. But uh, you're talking about a city that is just, uh, well, it's, it's the effect of what happens when you worship 300 million different gods. When Christ is not exalted as Lord, and Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is not recognized as God, and you reject the God of the Bible, and you want to worship 300 million different demons, well, you're going to have a country that's got a lot of problems. Now, India does have a very strong church. The, the Christian church in India is very strong, but um, there are uh, just hundreds of millions of Hindus in all these different branches of these Eastern religions. And uh, it's why things like uh, what we would call certain forms of filth and uh, uh, extreme poverty are actually not just toler tolerated, they're even celebrated. Whew, it's because of all these crazy demons. You start getting the teachings of uh, the Word of God in there. Remember, all, the, all of the rules of sanitation were given from God to Moses in the law, in the Torah. And even during the bubonic plague that went through Europe, particularly through France, uh, a lot of the uh, European people, they blamed the Jews for the bubonic plague. Pastor Stephen, why would they do that? Because the Jews weren't getting sick. They, they weren't getting covered with fleas and all of this other stuff. Why? They were following Old Testament Torah scriptures that told them what to do with the, you know, the excrement and what, where to go to the bathroom at. If you go to the bathroom, cover it up and, you know, but outside of that, other cultures didn't know about that, you know, so you've got open sewage and, you know, you got cow dung all over the streets and manure all over the place and flies and worms and all that. And they just thought, well, it is what it is. They were ignorant of God's word, ignorant of the law. But uh, thank God for this dear woman who went to this awful place of suffering and a place of great degradation of humanity and jumped in there with the love of Christ and began to do such a beautiful work that it became world-renowned and even still, her legacy continues today. But this is what she said, Mother Teresa. She said this on February 1997 at the National Prayer Breakfast in Washington, which at that time was attended by the President and the First Lady. She said, I feel that the greatest destroyer of peace today is abortion, 
because it is a war against the child, a direct killing of the innocent child, murder by the mother herself. And if we accept that a mother can kill even her own child, how can we tell other people not to kill one another? How do we persuade a woman not to have an abortion? As always, we must persuade her with love, and we remind ourselves that love means to be willing to give until it hurts. Jesus gave even His life to save us, His, excuse me, His life to love us. So the mother who is thinking of abortion should be helped to love. That is, to give until it hurts her plans or her free time, to respect the life of her child. The father of that child, whoever he is, must also give until it hurts. By abortion, the mother does not learn to love. Let me say that again. By abortion, the mother does not learn to love, but kills even her own child to solve her problems. And by abortion, the father is told that he does not have to take any responsibility at all for the child he has brought into the world. That father is likely to put other women into the same trouble. So abortion just leads to more abortion. Any country that accepts abortion is not teaching the people to love, but to use any violence to get what they want. That is why the greatest destroyer of love and peace is abortion. Mm -mm. If you love killing innocent babies, Joe Biden's your choice. That's his, that's, that's his firm resolution. That is the platform of Democratic Party to slaughter and kill just as many unborn babies as possible. The more the merrier. And there is a lot of money involved for those that are involved in it. But what a wicked, evil, horrible thing. May it be reversed by the mercy of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, let's continue to dig into the Scriptures with one more topic that will help to decide what man you should vote for. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. You ready for this? Verse 3. This is, this is eternal. This will never change. Get ready for it. I will bless those who bless you. That's what God told Abram. He said, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. Woo! Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Three layers of the blessing culminating in Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, who became the father of the nation that we know as Israel. He had two wives, had 12 sons, who, which these uh, uh, boys who grew to be men formed the, the 12 tribes that together are the unified nation of Israel. And it says here, God said, I will curse him that curses Israel. If you ever stick your finger in the eye of Israel, you, you're touching something sacred and holy in the eyes of God, and God doesn't take it lightly. Two things, Israel and the church. 
Woo, praise the Lord. Different, different covenants, okay? If you want eternal salvation, you're going to have to come into Christ and be born again and come into the church. But God does have a blessing, a covenant, a blessing with the Jewish people. Because as Jesus told me one time in a vision, I had just gotten back from Israel that about two weeks after the Israel tour, I was resting. And I uh, just, I had no idea this was going to happen. It was what we call sovereign, a sovereign visitation. But um, I just turned around and to my surprise, there was the Lord sitting. And I went, went right into the vision. I could see him sitting there and he started talking to me. And he told me, he said, I want you to go back in the future again and lead more tours to Israel. He said, that is my will for you. He said, those are my family members. He said, they're my flesh. They're my, he said, they're my blood. See, uh, think of it like this. I've got brothers and sisters in the Lord who are Christians that I, that I know that, that they're saved. They have accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so we're in the family of God. But I've also got family members that are down my family line, you know, from my grandmother and grandfather and, uh, you know, my, my dad, my dad had brothers. And so I've got cousins and stuff like that. I've got cousins that aren't saved. Well, Pastor Stephen, that, that doesn't, that's none of your, you don't have any need to be concerned about those people. Yeah, I do. I do. I want all of my immediate family members saved. Why? That's my flesh and blood. Yes, I love the body of Christ. I, yes, I, I, I love the church. I'm in the church, but that doesn't mean I don't care about my brothers, their walk with God, my family members, you know, my, my, my first cousins and so forth. You know, after that second, third, I, I don't know who that all that is. I, I've actually got a family tree, but I'm just keeping an immediate family. Yes, yes, I want them all to know the Lord. And that's what Jesus was telling me. He said the Jews are the, that's the family line. See, we're the spiritual line at church and the, the Jews are the, the natural line. Praise God. But no, don't think for a minute that God did away with this covenant. It's still intact. And he said, he said um, in verse three, I will bless those who bless Abram. That's that be he became Israel through uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and I will curse him who curses you. Woo. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you love Israel, President Trump is your man. That's your choice. If you hate Israel, despise it, have no respect for it as God's chosen people, Joe Biden's your man. Let's go back to 1982. Here's an article. I printed this out today. This was um, translated uh, through Google. Uh, this was posted by an Israeli Jew living in Israel. And so it went from Hebrew into English. So I'll try to work through this and we'll see if we can make sense of it. It's not that long. So listen to this just for a moment. On June 22nd in Israel, excuse me, in the American Senate Foreign Committee, a loud confrontation. Okay, think of, picture this, a loud confrontation in the Senate Foreign Committee, a loud confrontation between a young Democratic senator from Delaware and the 1982 Prime Minister of Israel, Prime Minister Begin. The Democratic senator threatened to stop the aid to Israel. Prime Minister Begin didn't get confused and responded with the attacks that were coming from the senator. And this is what the Prime Minister of Israel said. He said, don't 
threaten us. Don't threaten us by saying you're going to stop your help. This is not going to work against us. He said, I'm not a Jew with shaking knees. I'm a proud Jew with the cultural history of 3,700 years. No one came to our aid when we died in the gas chambers and ovens. No one came to our aid when we underwent to create our own country. We paid for it. We fought for it. We loved it. We will stand on our principles. We will protect them. And if necessary, we will die on them again, with or without your help. The Democratic senator, when he heard Prime Minister Begin's spicy words, he shouted and he knocked angrily on the table. Prime Minister Begin, in response, replied to him, This table is for writing on, not for fist. <laughs> Don't threaten us. This is what the Prime Minister of Israel said. Don't threaten us with cutting our aid. Do you think since the U.S. is lending us money, it is allowed to force us to do what we don't want to do or what we don't need to do? We are grateful for the assistance we have received, but we must not be threatened. I'm a proud Jew. 3,000 years of culture stand behind me, and you won't scare me with your threats. Woo! He continued on with some other words. Translation's a little shaky, some of those parts. So let me just skip to the punchline. The Democratic senator in 1982 who attacked the Prime Minister of Israel and threatened the cutting off of aid to Israel is none other than U.S. presidential candidate Joe Biden. Mm -mm. This is this, this a small glimpse of the deep anti-Semitism that Joe Biden has a complete disdain for the nation of Israel. Why do you think President Obama picked him to be his running mate and his vice president? Mm -mm. If you despise and hate Israel, then Joe Biden is your choice. But if you love Israel and you realize that the Jews are the sacred, are, they are the keepers of the sacred oracles of God, the Holy Scriptures handed down from God to Moses, a Jew, the servant of God, and that they stewarded it, and they maintained it for thousands of years, and then that God sent a Jewish Messiah with 12 Jewish apostles, with 66 books of the Bible, all written by Jewish authors, then you see the debt that we have to the Jewish people. And for somebody uh, to hate Israel, the nation of Israel, and to side with murderous terrorists is somebody who is completely deceived. Mm -mm. Lord Jesus, we praise you today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. My friends, if you vote for President Trump for his reelection, you're voting for stability and you're voting for a standard of righteousness to be kept in this nation. But if you vote for Mr. Biden, you're voting for the gates of socialism and communistic ideology and a wave of lawlessness to sweep into this country that has never, ever been seen before. This was sent to me, I'm going to read this to you today, from an apostle 
friend of mine in Central California, and this is, uh, this is California's rules for the upcoming Thanksgiving. Okay, so if you want to gather together at your house, like we've done for hundreds of years on Thanksgiving, California has imposed new rules upon all the citizens of the state of California. What I'm about to read to you is not a joke. This came down from uh, the governor's office, and my apostle friend sent this out. He sent this to me. And you need to be aware, this is just a little tiny taste of what they will implement if they are given power and their party comes into power through their president the, uh, that they would like to see come in. It would be, it would go off the charts. Mm -mm. It would make communism in China look mild. And I, I could go into some serious stories about the heinous crimes of the China government. I love the Chinese people, but the Chinese government officials, they are corrupt to the core and they are atheistic communist. They do not believe in God. They hate God and they hate the church. Here's what's going on in China is that there are, in China, there are more Christians in China. There are more Chinese Christians than there are Chinese members of the official Communist Party. And that terrifies the leaders of China. So in their fear and in their anger and hatred, they suppress Christianity and they, they make it very, very difficult. So they literally have driven the church underground. We know this happened decades ago, but the church, the true church is still underground, healthy and strong, but still extremely persecuted, extremely persecuted. We do have online church members and ministry partners in China, and we have our books that are translated into Mandarin Chinese going throughout uh, the underground church. And my friends, you have to understand that the Chinese government wants Joe Biden to be elected. That should tell you something right there. And I believe also they've got dirty laundry on him because of the connections that his son has had with the Chinese uh, leaders and millions of dollars being funneled to him and his father, I'm sure, being aware of that and also getting a big kickback out of that as well. So they would love to see him get in. That should tell you something right there that they hate Trump. The government leaders of China hate Trump but millions of Christians and millions of innocent people have been murdered by a very, very ungodly regime. Okay, are you ready for the, what's going on in California, which is just a little foreshadowing of what they would like to enforce, but this is what they put out. California's rules for your Thanksgiving gathering. No more than three households can get together, including your own. If you have three married kids, only two of them are allowed to come. Number two, make a list of all attendees and their contact information in case the government wants it. Whew, have you ever heard in your entire life anything as ridiculous or evil as this? Make a list of who comes over to your house for Thanksgiving and have that list ready to report it to the government officials? Whew. Your meeting your Thanksgiving meeting and your meal or whatever it is, it may not be indoors. You can't go inside your house and have it. Your guest may go inside briefly to use the bathroom as long as you sanitize it frequently. Number five, any shade structure must be open on at least three sides. Number six, your chairs must be at least six feet apart. 
Can you imagine having a Thanksgiving meal in the privacy of your home and you got to make sure everybody's six feet apart? How absolutely stupid is this? But you can't even have it inside your house. You have to sit outside and even outside, you got to make sure you're spread out six feet apart. Number seven, you must provide a hand washing or sanitizing station for your guest. Number eight, oh yeah, this is all stuff at your house. This is not at a hotel or public building. This is all at your house, your private home. Number eight, you should only use single serving food. No turkey or bowls of mashed potatoes or cranberry salad. They actually are requiring this, that this is the law that they've passed. Single serving food only. Number nine, if you must serve out of one dish, your guest may not help themselves. Number 10, the designated person who was allowed to serve you must wash or sanitize their hands frequently and wear a face covering. Number 11, everyone must wear a face covering at all times. This is, this is at your house. Can you believe this? Everyone must wear a face covering at all times, except briefly while you eat, but you must sit six feet apart while you eat, or if you need to use an inhaler or for other urgent medical needs, then you could briefly take it down, but you've got to put it right back up. Keep the gathering to two hours or less. We wouldn't want you to go over two hours on your Thanksgiving get together. Number 13, you should not sing or chant. Physical exertion is warned against. This, my friends, is not a joke. This came directly from the California Department of Health website. This is the world that Joe Biden wants you to live in. A world of complete totalitarian rule. Oh, but remember, they won't be abiding by it, just you and me. They'll, they'll be going out doing the things that they do, getting the things done they want to do uh, while we are locked down forever. So that's, that's what you'll get with the Joe Biden. So let me say this. I believe with all of my heart that Trump is God's man. I believe he's the only man that can get the job done. And I believe he's done a great job over the last four years. And I believe God loves this man. And I believe that President Trump loves, he genuinely loves this country. And when you vote for Trump, remember, you're voting not just for a man, you're voting for the platform of what the Republican Party believes and stands for. And the Republican Party despises abortion. If you vote for Joe Biden to be president, then you're not only voting for him, but you're voting for the party, the platform that they stand for, which is number one, extreme hatred towards Israel. There are people that are in Republican, excuse me, Democratic Party leadership that would love to see Israel completely destroyed and every Jewish person annihilated. And they have said that. While the other Democratic Jews, because many of them are Jews, remain silent. Why? Because they've sold out their own people. They don't even care. All they want to do is stay in power. It doesn't matter who dies. It doesn't matter who goes under. As long as they're in power, just keep it moving. So the Democratic Party hates the Jewish people. The Democratic Party loves killing babies. If you, if you want to see babies slaughtered it still by the millions, Joe Biden is your man because that's what his party stands for. And you know what? Those in the far left wing of the Democratic Party will be plugged in into high-ranking positions. 
those that want to have what's called the Green New Deal, a deal that will eliminate all fossil fuels. No more gasoline. No more gasoline. You know what that means? No more airplanes. And they know that. They don't care. They don't care. Well, Pastor Stephen, you know, there's no electric uh, technology of electricity or batteries or anything for planes. Uh, yeah, they know that. And, and there probably never will be for things that are that heavy. Uh, you have to have something that can produce the thrust. Oh, jet fuel. Yeah, what a great solution. These other things, they don't have the ability to generate that. One day we'll get to nuclear fission. We're probably still 100 years out from that. Uh, nobody has solved the deep science behind that. But um, hey, if you want to see some crazy stuff that won't work, Joe Biden's your man because he will implement people into positions that have the most bizarre, ludicrous ideas. And one of those ideas is do away completely with fossil fuels. They will get rid of all airplanes, except you can be assured and guaranteed they'll still fly on their private jets. Absolutely. But they will wreck the economy. And if the wrong man gets in, the nation is finished. The nation will never recover. My friends, if you haven't voted, I want to encourage you to go vote. If you haven't registered, please register quickly and go vote. I ask that you would consider the scriptures that I've shared, and I ask that you would rise up and that you would defend this nation, that you would defend the heart and soul of this country, and so many men and women who have fought in wars and have died and shed their blood so that we can have the freedom that we enjoy. If the wrong man gets in the office, all of those freedoms will evaporate so quick that what I just read to you about California will look like a drop in a bucket. So pray. We have only about a week to go. Now I'm praying for President Trump that he will be reelected. I believe he is God's man. I believe he will go down in history as one of the greatest presidents of all time. I believe the only one he won't top will be Mr. George Washington himself. Praise the Lord. By the way, George Washington, the only six-star general. Praise the Lord. Uh, something that was given to him that was special. Praise the Lord. But I believe that Trump is God's man for this hour. Nobody else can do what he is doing. And let me say this, if you're in another country and you think, well, Pastor Stephen, it's irrelevant to me. No, it's not. If America catches a cold, the whole world sneezes. I've traveled all over the world. And when I wait in airports, every time I go to these airports, uh, the news companies are always they're always showing news about America. And you know, when I was younger, I used to think, why, why are they so concerned? Why are they so interested about us? <laughs> but you have, to, you have to realize the impact and the influence of the United States of America. So if America goes down, the whole world will plunge into an extreme expediting of the end times. And the church will very quickly have to go underground and evil will be unleashed in ways that the American uh, people have never seen before. There will be oppression, and there will be a totalitarian reign that will come in that will be very communistic. I've been, in, I've been in these countries where there's no freedom, and the moment you get off the plane and get into the air, their airspace, or you get into their airport terminal, you feel it. You feel death. You feel like Wow, I just I went from color to total grayscale. There is no freedom here. There's no joy here. Why? They're atheists. 
They're atheistic communists. They don't believe in God. And uh, if they do believe, they hate Him. They, they, but they hate the ideology of a God. They hate it with great vehemence, and that is all satanic. But my friends, I believe, I believe President Trump is going to be reelected. But having said that, don't, don't just, you know, sit back and, and cr- be on cruise control. Go out and vote. Go out and vote. So the, the freedoms that we enjoy, that soldiers laid their lives down for, this freedom that we can uh, express this blessing that we have. And I would ask that you and other countries that you would pray for Mr. Trump, that you would pray for our nation, that the great work that has been ongoing for the last four years, none of that would be lost, but that we will move forward. We will move forward. We have a new Supreme Court, Supreme Court justice now, and I believe we could even hit the high watermark, the gold standard of seeing Roe versus Wade overturned and this great wickedness of abortion uh, be made illegal. My friends, we've only got one opportunity to get this right. Now, let me say this. I believe President Trump will be reelected. If you haven't voted, go vote. Make sure you vote. But continue to pray for him because votes will continue to be counted. But also, even with the uh, reelection, you know, we've got to go all the way till early January till we see, he, uh, see him reconfirmed. So just keep your prayers going up for him. And I believe, I believe we're going to see America come into its finest hour. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But a nation is doomed if the nation does not have righteous values. If there's nothing but bribery and cheating and corruption and fraudulent behavior going on behind the scenes, then eventually it's going to collapse. And that's where the nation would go with the wrong man in office. And because that is rife in that particular party, uh, the nation would n- wouldn't stand the chance. It would be wrecked beyond repair. But we have a covenant. I believe the Lord is doing some special things. I believe Mr. Trump is going to get reelected. But please, my friends, um, vote for God's man. Because when you get to heaven, this issue of your voting record will be brought up. You, you better believe it will. And those that covenant with death, and those that uh, connected th- themselves with a covenant of death through supporting abortion and putting those in office and power to legalize it and keep this murderous industry going, they, they will have to discuss that with the Lord and they won't be able to run or hide. It will be brought out into the open. It will be dealt with. Mm. Oh, hallelujah. You don't want to be in that position. You don't want to be in that position. It's an awful thing. It's an awful thing. Praise God. Father, I pray for those that are watching today that there be a settlement in their hearts of who to vote for. I know that many have already uh, made their vote, but if they haven't, that they would rise up. And I pray, Father, they would vote for your man. Thank you, Father God. We give you praise, knowing that there is no perfect man except for Christ our Savior. But Father, we thank you that we're not just voting for a man, but we're voting for a platform, a belief system, one as compared to the other. So Father, now that we've had a little bit of a time to review those, we pray Oh God, that wisdom would shine and a decision for righteousness would be made. We give you praise. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you're watching me today and you think, Pastor Stephen, I don't know Christ. I don't know the Lord. I've just been living my life the way, you know, whatever feels good, whatever's fun, whatever happens. Well, 
without Jesus, you're separated from God because of your sins. God doesn't send anybody to hell. A person chooses to go to hell because that's what they like. They like sin. They like darkness, and they have rejected Christ, so they choose to go there. But you don't have to go there. You can make the decision right now to choose life, and to be on the Lord's side, and to be in the kingdom of God. If you would like to do that, right now pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner, and I need you to save me. Jesus, come into my heart right now. Wash my sins away. I give you my life. Jesus, write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Save me now. I receive you. I take you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. And I assure you that the Lord has heard that prayer, and that you now belong to Him, and that His life is now in you, and your sins are washed away. So now live for the Lord, and walk with Him every day. He will lead you and guide you by His Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's take Holy Communion together today. Glory to God. Praise God. Now, if you're doing this for the first time, you just gave your heart to the Lord, please take communion with us, because you're now in the family of God also. I use these little wafers. You can use a saltine cracker. That's just fine as well. And then we also use grape juice. Okay? So we're going to pray over it, and we're going to bless it. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the cracker, the little wafer, the bread, and the juice. Father, we consecrate this and set it apart as holy, and this is now the body and the blood of Christ. Thank You, Father God, that as we receive the body of Jesus, we receive Your words. We receive Your words that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach, it's a disgrace to any people. Father, let America be a righteous nation. Father, let America shine bright and be the gospel bearer uh, uh, of the nations, and let it inspire other nations, and let us carry the gospel high. Let us exalt and lift up the name of Jesus. And Father, we pray that you would bless President Trump, that you would strengthen him, that you would guide him, and that you would carry him through to a re-election so that the destiny of America would continue on track. Father, we praise You that the gospel would be preached all over the world, and the Great Commission would be fulfilled. Now, Father, we now receive the body of Christ with thanksgiving, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive. Father, thank You for the blood of Jesus that washes us and cleanses us from all sin. Father, we know that we are not perfect in the sense where we could still sin, we could still do something wrong. Uh, as a church body, uh, there have been times where we have given those on the outside plenty of excuses or reasons of what they could hang their hat on for a reason to say, oh, look at what they've done. But Father, we thank You that we're not perfect, we're just forgiven. And that in Christ, we actually are perfect in Christ because He's perfect. So you don't see all of these flaws and mistakes you see Christ, your Son, because we're in Him. So, Father, we thank You for the blood of Jesus and its cleansing work. If we have committed any sins, we ask right now that You would forgive our sins and wash them all away. And we ask that You would strengthen us to live for You every day of our lives. Father, we thank You. We thank You for the beautiful, sacred blood of Jesus. Thank You, Father. And we ask, O oh God, that this curse of abortion 
this heinous act that is legal, but it's immoral, and it's actually, it's unlawful biblically. We pray, Father, that it be overturned, and that the shedding of innocent blood be stopped. We ask you for mercy, and we ask, O God, that you would bless our Supreme Court, that you would continue to add righteous justices, righteous justices, who will act according to the principles of your word, so that, Father God, our nation is blessed. And Father, we thank you that as we receive the blood of Christ, we openly stand with the nation of Israel. We bless the nation of Israel. We speak blessing, Father God, over Prime Minister uh, Netanyahu. We pray you bless him and his wife, his family. We pray you bless the country, the Jewish people. Thank you, Father, for all the Christians, particularly, that are in Israel. And all the Jewish people, Father, that don't know you, we pray that through your Son, Jesus, the eyes of their understanding would be opened, and they would see that He truly is the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Now, thank you, Father. You also love the Arabs, and Christ's blood was shed for them. Christ's blood was shed for all of us, for me, a Gentile, and so many others. The blood of Christ is the remedy for all sin. So, Father, we have put our full faith and trust in your Son. We thank you that He is able to save us to the uttermost, and all the way He'll take us to the end. He who has begun this good work in us will complete it, will finish it. Father, thank you for Christ. We belong to Him. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us receive. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, my friends, thank you for joining me today on Morning Glory, this special election edition. Praise the Lord. And I look forward to seeing you back next time. Till then, stay blessed. And if you haven't voted, go out and vote. And if you have voted, continue to pray for President Trump, even throughout the election day, until the polls close. Let's see it through all the way till the end. God bless you. See you again real soon.